Welcome in to your Friday edition of Insight. I'm Josh Margolis. Your Weather Command forecast. First off, there's a high wind warning that will be in effect later today. This high wind warning is from 3 p.m. today to 3 a.m. Saturday morning. It is for the following counties. Hill, Shoto, Blaine, and Fergus. Expect west winds 25 to 35 miles an hour, gusting up to 60 miles an hour. Gusty winds could blow down limbs, trees, and power lines. A few power outages are possible. Travel will be difficult, especially for high-profile vehicles. Strongest winds likely to occur early this evening in the vicinity of the Bear Paws, Moccasin, Judith, and Snowy Mountain Ranges. People should avoid being outside in forested areas and around trees and branches. If possible, remain in the lower levels of your home during the windstorm and avoid windows. Use caution if you must drive. Once again, this high wind warning is from 3 p.m. this afternoon to 3 a.m. tomorrow morning for Hill, Shoto, Blaine, and Fergus counties. For the rest of your Friday, windy, mostly cloudy, highs 50 to 55. South winds 5 to 15 miles an hour, gusting up to 30 miles an hour before increasing to the southwest 20 to 30 miles an hour and gusting to around 50 miles an hour in the afternoon. Tonight, windy and partly cloudy. Lows 25 to 30, west winds 20 to 30 miles an hour, gusting to around 45 miles an hour. Saturday, cooler and partly cloudy. Highs 40 to 45, west winds 5 to 15 miles an hour, gusting up to 30 miles an hour in the morning. Saturday night, partly cloudy, lows 20 to 25. South winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Sunday, not as cool and partly cloudy in the morning, then clearing. Highs 50 to 55, southwest winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Sunday night and Monday, mostly clear, lows 30 to 35, highs 60 to 65. Monday night, clear with lows 35 to 40. Tuesday, breezy and sunny, highs 60 to 65. Tuesday night, partly cloudy, lows 40 to 45. Wednesday, breezy and mostly cloudy, highs 55 to 60. Wednesday night, partly cloudy, lows around 35. Thursday, mostly cloudy, highs 45 to 50. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced the Haver Food Bank to close their doors to the public for now. But District 4 Human Resources Development Council Housing Director, Alma Garcia, says they are still working to service the community. There was just no way of staffing the food bank at this moment. So we decided to just advertise that it's closed until November 2nd. However, if anybody needs a food box, they are able to get a hold of me. Garcia adds that several food drives are ongoing, including the town pumps Be a Friend Indeed, Help Those in Need campaign. This is one of our biggest fundraisers, and we are able to keep the lights on and keep the refrigerators going and everything with that funding. Donations are accepted at the cash register of town pumps, as well as the HRDC District 4 front desk. Those needing emergency assistance can contact Garcia by phone at 265-6743, extension 1125. The items the food bank needs most right now are peanut butter, cereal, and non-perishable canned food items. A Haver man has been sentenced to 10 years in the Department of Corrections, five suspended, in order to pay over $8,500 in restitution after being convicted of felony theft by common scheme. Joshua Glenn Reed, born in 1979, was sentenced Wednesday by Judge Katie Snipes Ruiz in Hill County District Court. 
This sentence will run consecutively with all other sentences Reed is facing. Court documents state earlier this year Reed forged checks in someone else's name and attempted to cash them at local businesses. Reed was already scheduled to be incarcerated in the Montana State Prison until December 2023 after violating his release conditions of a suspended sentence for theft by embezzlement. Following the conclusion of that sentence, Reed will be screened for placement in the Department of Corrections. Reed is also facing three other pending cases where he has been charged with a total of nine felonies. Those cases are set for trial in the coming months. He remains in the Hill County Detention Center. The Hill County Health Department reported 13 new COVID-19 cases Thursday and had 16 people meet the recovery criteria. This is the third straight day Hill County has reported more recoveries than new cases. The age range with the most new cases is people in their 40s with five, four males and one female. Nine of the cases were found through contact tracing, four have unknown exposures. In addition, one hospitalization was discharged and one case required hospitalization. Hill County has now reported 835 total COVID-19 cases. 270 are active, 21 are hospitalized. 543 have recovered, 22 have died. The Rocky Boy Public School Board voted on Thursday afternoon to continue distance learning through the end of November. Students needing extra help will be permitted to come into the school for individual assistance as long as the reservation is not in a lockdown or shutdown. Rocky Boy has been in distance learning since the start of the school year. They had intended to switch to a hybrid model earlier this month, but changed course due to the surge in COVID-19 in the area. The decision will be revisited at their November 17th board meeting. And a few other COVID school notes before we move along. First off, the Harlem Junior Senior High School was closed today after a staff member was found positive for COVID-19 yesterday and the need for contact tracing to be conducted. The elementary school remained open today. Stay tuned for updates. Also yesterday, Chinook High School reported a school-related case of COVID-19. All contacts of the case have already been notified and quarantined. All Chinook public schools remain open at this time. Haver Public Schools also reported three new COVID-19 cases yesterday, but none of those people have been in contact with the district since at least October 21st. The district returned to a hybrid learning model on Wednesday and remains in that model until further notice. Sweet Memorial Nursing Home in Chinook has provided an update on their COVID-19 outbreak. As of Thursday evening, Five staff members and 18 residents have had their COVID-19 test results confirmed as positive. They have also reported one COVID-19-related death. Sweet Memorial Nursing Home says they are isolating positive residents in one area of the building, while positive staff are isolating at home. They will continue with their isolation and testing protocols and will update family members by phone of any immediate changes regarding their loved ones. Turning to state news, Montana's COVID-19 state update just came in not long ago, with a record number of cases. There are 1,063 new cases on the dashboard, bringing the cumulative total to 31,916. Yellowstone County reported the most new cases with 207, followed by Gallatin with 143, Cascade with 142, Flathead with 93, and Missoula with 90. In Montana, 10,450 cases of the virus remain active, including 357 hospitalizations. 21,102 people have recovered, 364 have died. Police say a man died of hypothermia after he went missing last weekend in Sluice Boxes State Park in central Montana. The cause of death of 20-year-old Brendan Rollins was released Thursday. Police say the death was accidental. The AP reports Rollins and a friend, Logan Hawkinson, were riding back to their vehicle in bad weather Friday when they became separated. Hawkinson spent the night in a ravine before hiking out the following morning to report Rollins was missing. Rollins' body was found last Sunday evening. 
A Montana resident who called the COVID-19 pandemic a shamdemic and mocked mask wearers said he is now taking the illness seriously after contracting it. Gilbert Herrera said during a news conference Thursday with Governor Steve Bullock that he, quote, would just rather play it safe, end quote, after being hospitalized with COVID-19. Ahead of Halloween celebrations, Bullock said no candy would be handed out from the governor's mansion. He urged Montana residents to take precautions if they choose to celebrate Halloween, but stopped short from advising against handing out candy, even as the virus continues to spread in the state. The open race to become Montana's next governor will not only settle a bitter and tightly contested race, but also which course the sprawling state takes after the election to combat the coronavirus, which has run rampant in recent weeks. Republican Greg Gianforte and Democrat Mike Cooney both pledged to rely on the advice of public health professionals, but their approach to the virus has differed at every turn of the campaign. Cooney, who currently serves as lieutenant governor, has said he would enhance and enforce the existing rules, including a mask mandate. Gianforte, who currently serves as Montana's lone representative in the U.S. House, has flouted the mask mandate and indicated he might repeal some of those rules. Speaking of the governor's race, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie says he was unwittingly used to troll the Republican candidate running for governor in Montana. Christie has joined a social media site called Cameo, where he's paid $200 to provide personalized video messages. The Republican says he donates the money to a nonprofit group that helps those with mental health and substance abuse issues in New Jersey. Christie says he received a request to encourage a man named Greg to return to New Jersey. It turns out the Greg was U.S. Representative Greg Gianforte, who is running against Democrat Mike Cooney for Montana governor. Christie on Thursday criticized Cooney and the Democratic Governors Association on Twitter. Christie says he supports Gianforte. Wolves have repopulated the mountains and forests of the American West with remarkable speed since their reintroduction 25 years ago. They've expanded to more than 300 packs in six states. Now voters in Colorado are poised to give the predators another boost in their rebound from extinction in the region last century. A November 3rd ballot initiative seeks to reintroduce them to the western half of the state, where cattle ranchers and hunting guides see the return of wolves as a threat. The Trump administration Thursday stripped wolves of government protections across most of the U.S. That puts their future in the hands of state wildlife agencies. A deal to sell Puget Sound Energy's stake in one of the four generating units in Montana's Coal Strip coal plant has fallen through. In announcing the deal in December, PSC said the sale of generating capacity in one unit to Northwestern Energy in Talon, Montana, would help them meet a 2025 deadline to have a coal-free energy supply. But the transaction, which also included the sale of PSC's interest in a Montana transmission line, needed the approval of the Washington Utilities and Transportation Commission. The Seattle Times reports its staff this month recommended the sale be rejected because PSC had not shown this was the lowest reasonable cost option for meeting the coal-free laws requirements. Hundreds of dogs and cats from overcrowded Hawaii shelters are headed to less crowded facilities on the U.S. mainland, including in Montana. Organizers say the chartered flight, carrying more than 600 animals, is the largest pet rescue flight. The furry friends arrived in Seattle Thursday on a chartered Hercules C-130 plane. The rescue flight was necessary because the coronavirus pandemic has led to overcrowding in Hawaii pet shelters. Many people are no longer able to afford their pets because of pandemic-related economic struggles in Hawaii. And now, taking a look at your wheat prices for today. Daily prices per bushel. For Hill County, winter wheat, $5.03. Spring wheat, also $5.03. For Blaine County, winter wheat, $4.93. Spring wheat, $4.98. For Liberty County, winter wheat, $5.08. Spring wheat, $5.03. For Shoto County, winter wheat, $5.03. Spring wheat, also $5.03. And for Phillips County, winter wheat, $4.88. Spring wheat, $4.93. And now, taking a look at funeral notices for today. 
Lawrence R. Ophis, 94, passed away, surrounded by his loving family due to natural causes, at the Big Sandy Medical Center on Tuesday, October 27th. Graveside services will be held at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning in the Big Sandy Cemetery, with Father Pete Guthnick officiating. Lawrence's family has suggested memorial donations be made in his memory to the Big Sandy Volunteer Fire and Ambulance Department, Big Sandy Medical Center, Big Sandy Medical Guild, or the charity of the donor's choice. Bambi K. Rice, 60, passed away at our Big Sandy residence on Sunday, October 25th. Per her wishes, cremation has taken place and a celebration of life has been scheduled for 1 p.m. tomorrow at the Mint. And that does it for your Friday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Thanks for listening and remember that seven days a week, we're your source for news and information. KOJM, KPQX, and Highline Today. Have a great weekend, a happy, healthy, and safe Halloween. Continue to do your part to help flatten that curve and stay safe out on the roads.